Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carricker. It is Carricker and Smallman on 101 ESPN, and we are approaching... The documentary, Long Gone Summer, on Sunday night on ESPN. It's the story of Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa's home run chase, their dramatic home run chase of 1998. And Al Roboski was there to chronicle it for the Cardinals on FS Midwest. He, of course, was uh, the, the lead analyst at that time. And he joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Al, it's always good to talk to you, sir. How you doing? I'm doing good. I just wish we were watching baseball. No doubt about it. And uh, have you had since you were a little kid a summer without baseball? Uh, no. <laughs> you know, we've had some parts of uh, of summers with some of the strikes and work stoppages, but uh, you know, we've had labor peace for I guess since '94. Um, but this is very, very unusual. But you know, nobody's seen these times before. Al, do you have any confidence that the players and the owners are going to be able to come to an agreement and that we will see baseball in 2020? (laughs) Well, I'd like to think so. I mean, there's so much money involved for both sides. Uh, You just like to see people come together and and get this thing done. Um, You know, it's just when I look back at, uh, like I said, 19, I guess, what was it? uh, 19, oh, 70, I'm sorry, not 70, but... uh, 71, 72, when we first had some of the labor stoppages, you know, lockouts and everything else, we had nothing. So it was really, you know, we had to fight for stuff. We were fighting for stuff like just uh, having the right to to have spring training, um, you know, have go get a condominium or go get some some place that you didn't have to stay at the hotel. Um, meal money, different things that way. Um, and now, you know, like you say, you know, it's, it's a fight between billionaires and millionaires. You wish everybody would be able to come together. Al Roboski with us on 101 ESPN. And Al, you, you pitched in the old Bush Stadium when, when it was really big and before it had been reconfigured. And the Cardinals just didn't have home run hitters. Before Mark McGuire got here, the home run record was 43 by Johnny Mize. And the Cardinals get him in 97, and he hits all those home runs, 24 in a couple of months. And I know I went through that offseason of 97, 98, thinking, man, he's got a chance to uh, reach this record of of 61 home runs. Do you recall what you were thinking that offseason and that spring? No, I think we were just excited. I I mean, you knew there was the potential what he hit 49 home runs in his rookie year and uh, and missed the last few games because of the birth of his son. So, you know, when I played Randy, it was 414 to center field. Um, it was a big ballpark and three, I think it was 389 to the power alleys. But, you know, you we still had some big guys, you know, the Stargels, you know, you had the Frank Howard, you have, you know, uh, McCovey, all these guys, but you would rarely see 
a home run that was hit to dead center field, or you didn't see middle infielders hitting opposite field home runs. Um, I mean, it was a luxury when you were pitching at Bush Stadium that if you fell behind the count, you know, 3-0, you could just throw a high fastball up and away, and the guy was going to hit, you know, a fly ball, can of corn. Um, but that has all changed. And, and really, it can't be all st- steroids because, you know, like I said, there were some huge guys in the past. Um, maybe they, we didn't lift weights, but they were country strong. You know, guys would work on a farm. You know, they grew up on a farm. They're throwing bales of hay all the time. Or, or you know, in the period of time where guys had to work in the offseason, you know, they, sometimes they were bricklayers. You can't tell me some of those guys weren't as strong as the guys today. Al, what was it like calling games at that time? Because a, a big part of your job is preparation, but another big part is just reacting to something that happens, and you can't predict what will happen. But this was an interesting experience because you're going to the ballpark knowing what the storyline is going to be and knowing that something special is going to happen almost every night. It, it was so strange because, um, you know, you loved being part of the McGuire era. And Mark was a fascinating guy and, and really a people person. But, you know, he just because of, you know, the stature he had gotten to and just this kind of, a you know, a, a hero image and everything before anybody knew anything about the steroids. Uh, you know, there were the rumors and everything. But but it was like the bet. It was fun to experience it. But I was so happy when it was over because then we could go back to playing winning baseball. You know, in those days, it was all about McGuire. You know, he had to put on a show for batting practice. People were, you know, coming out early to watch batting practice. Then they started letting people on the field. And now you can see how that has evolved during, uh, during for everybody now. But, this, you know, the emphasis was on McGuire hitting a home run. It wasn't about the team winning. And so as, as fascinating, as much fun as that was, I was so glad it was over because then we got back to the concept of we've got to win as a team. You know, the championship season is the most important thing, not a home run chase. And it was interesting because the Cardinals had every expectation that McGuire was going to be a guy that hit a lot of home runs and they were going to, he was going to be the centerpiece. Chicago certainly didn't expect Sammy to hit 66 and Chicago was really good. They were built to get to the playoffs that year and they did. And they were two differently built teams that year. I'm with you. I think the Cardinals that particular year were built in many ways so that McGuire could be the centerpiece and, and set that record. No doubt about it. And and if you really look back on it, uh, we all as baseball and Cardinal fans can thank McGuire because he brought in so much more revenue and uh, ownership has, has really done under DeWitt's ownership. They have uh, reinvested a lot of that money back into the talent. Uh, people may not realize, but it was, what was it, 95 was the first year that uh, uh, Bill DeWitt's ownership group bought the club. But, you know, the final year of payroll for, for the Anheuser-Busch Cardinals was like $28 million. Al, how did you view what was happening with McGuire through a pitching lens? Did you empathize or sympathize with the pitchers knowing, hey, there's really nothing that you can do to get this guy out? He's going to tag you one way or the other. Well, Michelle, I mean, it's, it's, I looked at it where people were not pitching to his weakness. They, they were almost pitching to his strength. And what I mean by that, when somebody is big, as strong as he is, you got to pitch him inside. 
you've got to go up and in. But it was almost like an unwritten rule around the league is we can't get uh, McGuire hurt. We've got to let him, you know, break this record or we got to, you know, and I'm not saying they were not being competitive, but, you know, they did not try to pitch to get him out per se. Uh, you've got to go up and in on a guy that that big. You, he wanted to get his arms extended. And you just look at so many of those pitches, they were supposed to be hit out. Al Roboski with us on 101 ESPN. And Al, as a pitcher, you were highly competitive. So I want to get your take on, and we talked to Steve Traxel last week who allowed number 62. And some of the Cubs players, as McGuire was rounding the bases after he hit number 62, actually he either high-fived or low-fived everybody on the infield. Then Sammy came in to hug him. Again, from your perspective as a competitor, as a pitcher, what did you think of that? Well, I, I, like I said, I think this was, it was almost bigger. You're coming kind of uh, trying to get to over the, the bad taste in everybody's mouth with a strike. And so that was part of the healing process. Cal Ripken breaking, you know, the, the Ironman record, uh, Sammy and, and Mark with the home run record of, of 98. I think it was part of the healing process. So, I mean, as a competitor, I wouldn't have liked any of that kind of stuff. I hated it when, when you know, somebody would, um, you know, hit a double off you or something like that, and, you, and he comes into second base and your shortstop and second baseman go over and slap high fives or talk to him and everything else. I didn't like that. So I wasn't going to like uh, giving up a home run to anybody. But as I said, it was almost – it was more important for the game – uh, for that home run chase to go on than it was to, you know, from a, a team standpoint to see the team win. Um, but it was, it was different, definitely different. And like I said, I was happy it was over so we could get back to winning baseball. And now we, we look at now and the dispute between owners and players and the difficulty that fans are having coming to grips with it. And fans are upset with the game. And we've tried to imagine what could happen that would bring fans back. If indeed we don't have a season this year, or if it's a truncated season. And I've said before, apologies to Rick Pitino, but McGuire and Sosa aren't walking through that door. I don't know who it is or what it is that brings fans back from a circumstance like we're, we're in right now. Yeah, it's very difficult because, you know, you not only, you know, no baseball, but with the pandemic going on, it's the double whammy. And, uh, you know, and then you've got uh, the, the, you know, the social unrest, you've got uh, an election year. I mean, there's so many things that are distracting. Uh, and, and anytime, you know, fans feel like they have to take a side, owners or players, you know, there's going to be that, that uh, you know, conflict there and and we just wish you could get back to where people could enjoy baseball no doubt al roboski great to hear your voice thanks so much for taking some time with us we do appreciate it and as we get playing we'll talk to you again soon yeah tell danny mack i said hi and i'm tired of hearing him at schnooks <laughs> you got it we'll do <laughs> thanks so much for your time that's the All man right. bye-bye 